Welcome to Gladness and Hunger. This is a podcast exploring the vocational magic of stories and soft skills. Frederick Beekner suggested that if you want a career satisfying to both soul and bank account, the key is to find where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. My name is Leanne W. Smith. I teach students how to get jobs as a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee. I also write inspirational fiction. Welcome to today's conversation. It's my pleasure to have Tom Bancroft today. I had the extremely good fortune to be paired with Tom several years ago. I'm not even sure how many now as a faculty mentor. And the first time he ever reached out to me in my official capacity for mentorly knowledge about how to apply for a faculty summer grant, I had no idea because I had never applied for one. So he actually ended up teaching me more than I'm sure I ever taught him. Um, I remember introducing him in the opening faculty retreat, telling the crowd he was the coolest cat in the room. And this remains true today, even though Tony is here. And you can tell him I said that. (laughs) No, I don't. Tony here. <laughs> I don't even know, Tony. I, I did approach him in a faculty meeting thinking it was you for a split second. And when I got up to him, you know, I kind of had this, oh, you're not who I thought you were. Look, and he looked at me like, he gets you know, well, who are you? Every day. Just for the <laughs> listener, I have a twin brother and he right. now works here at Lipscomb. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Tom and Tony each have over 30 years of experience in the animation industry, most of which was for Walt Disney, where they each served as animators uh, on classics. Let's see if you've heard of any of these. Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, Aladdin, Pocahontas, Tarzan, which, have I ever told you that one summer it came out, we went to see it three days in a row. Our girls were little and we were at the beach. Wow. And in the heat of the day... We went to see Tarzan. Oh, and wait, the next it wasn't day, raining at the beach, and that made you go three days? Like, no. They actually, it was a sunny day. We're weird that way. Wow. Yeah. kind of love it, though. <laughs> <laughs> we, we go when other people are not there. You know, that uh, Hugh Grant, I prefer to be where people are not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how we move on vacation. <laughs> that's, that's good times. Well, for me, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to see it, and the next day we were like, man, that was so good. Let's go again. And the next day we were like, man, that was so good. Let's go again. <laughs> but, th- but then you're singing the songs. You, you oh, start knowing them. Because they're great. Phil Collins, who wouldn't want to sing those songs? So anyway, and then Disney's Mulan. Um, I did put a quote from Mulan on my on the playroom wall that the greatest gift and honor is having you for a daughter. And to know that you, you drew Mushu. I did. I designed and animated Mushu. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And he didn't have anything to do with that line. At no. All. <laughs> but it's one of my favorite parts, I must admit. Like, even though yeah. I was I was doing the comic relief, what I love most about Mulan really isn't even the comic relief part that I did. It was it's that father daughter relationship. Absolutely. My favorite part. Because you have four daughters. I have four daughters, so I, I totally get it. And yeah. just that line, it gets me. I know it gets the world. It does. Dad says that. He just throws away all these medals and the sword of Shen Yu and hugs her, you know. Oh, it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. Yeah. Well, 
I lost my train of thought there. You might want to. You're doing an amazing introduction. Yes. I didn't want to cut you off. (laughs) There's more. Keep going. Um, Well, I was going to mention that you and Tom have a a podcast. I'm Tom. I'm sorry. Does that happen? Happened again. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't even know Tony. Happens daily. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and in the pictures, like your podcast icon. So you have a podcast, the Bancroft Brothers Animation Podcast. And looking at the icon, like, I'm pretty sure you're the guy on the left, but I'm not 100%. Yeah, you know what's funny? It's a drawing of us. Right. Not a photo. And somebody else drew it. Uh, oh. We did. That's not a drawing, which is ironic. We're both artists, but somebody else had, right. had done that years, and, years ago. And we just loved it. And it's better when somebody else draws you. <laughs> right. Because, you know, you're like, oh, well, he kind of nailed it. And, yeah, we wouldn't have yeah. done it that way. But anyway... I still to this day don't know which one is me and which one's Tony. Well, there you go. I've You're never, the one on the left. <laughs> I, I, so there's one, one of us has like a, a stack of pencils in our hand. Yes. And then one of us only has one pencil. I think you're the multi-pencil guy. I think I'm the one on the right with one pencil. Cause Tony, really? Tony took them all. It's personality-wise. It, oh, it fits. okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I was, I, in my mind, I thought the one on the left was a little taller. I think you're a little taller than he is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That could just be placement. Like we shoved that one True. up a little higher by accident. I don't know. Ah, uh, wow. Well, you are quite an accomplished gentleman. And it's a little intimidating to read your entire bio because, like you started this, you're the CEO of Pencilish, Pencilish Animation Studios, world's, world's first crowdfunded animation IP development company. You have done so much for Nashville and so much for Lipscomb when it comes to animation. And, I mean, I'm sure you're aware of that. But I, reading through your bio and, and articles in preparation for this conversation, I was reminded that you have been a blessing to this institution and to this city. So thank you well, for coming. I really appreciate that. It, it it means a lot hearing it from somebody else because it, it was kind of a goal. And, and I didn't maybe at the very beginning have that goal of like trying to improve the animation industry here in Nashville Yeah. when I started the animation program here about eight or nine years ago. But it soon became within a few years, I was like, oh, wait a second. This is how you build an industry. Yeah. You start a really good program, you know, at a local college and industry can be built up around that because if you're doing it right, that's kind of how it's supposed to work. Right. Is right. It starts with having a crop of, you know, of talent, you know, coming out uh, and, you know, of a little spring basically yeah. so you need to build the spring first and have that sort of well of talent coming up and then other opportunities will just start happening. Yeah, that's how the um, College of Business built its reputation on the accounting strength. And Axel Swang, whom this building that we're in right now is named for, um, he saw an opportunity. Some of the local other universities, big-name universities like Vanderbilt and, and Belmont, didn't have strong accounting programs. And he saw an opportunity and built the program from the ground up, that's so to smart. speak. Yeah, yeah. and I know doing now the same. this this building but this uh, this uh school of business is one of the best ranked right in tennessee yeah, we like to think so well i yeah. see it in advertising <laughs> i'm assuming it's true we have a marketing program and we're marketing yeah yeah but it's certainly working. i think so it's um i'm proud to be part of it yeah yeah even though i sometimes feel like the odd duck out i'm proud to 
He's your writer. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're creative <laughs> in the business. Right. Well, and, and that's uh, now I'm back to you interviewing you. So when I met you and you were made, you were, you know, given to me as yes, my men- as mentor. Your mentor. Yeah. And which was really great. And it was a, you were a great person to meet right off the bat. And I was oh. very green. I remember that I, I had never taught in academia right. before. And so just like some of the weird terminology that's built yeah. into being in like academia, like yeah. regalia. Yes. One of my yeah. favorites. Yeah. <laughs> There's weirder ones that I can't even think of. Like yeah. provost. I didn't even know what a provost. Yeah. Like what a pro, I even say it wrong. T- Our today. colleagues. Yeah. I just, I never used that term before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's just so many yeah. of them, but, uh, you know, you helped me through that kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, but finding somebody, then realizing you were in the business side of things that I couldn't wrap my head around. Cause I'm like, she doesn't seem like that kind of a person. Yeah. And then you were a writer on top of that. So I was like, this doesn't fit, but I love it because I'm entrepreneurial yeah. And um, so we could have some of those kind of conversations too, which has been nice. Yeah. Well, everything is business. And that's something I didn't appreciate when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I tell everybody now, I took no business classes as an undergraduate. Never saw myself in a business role or leadership role even. Um, although it was always my desire to be influential in the world, yeah. to be a force for good. And so in my mind, there were two different things. And now I know that they're not. To yeah. me, leadership is just about being influential. Yeah. Um, or, you know, stepping into that opportunity. But anyway, I I know I told you this before, but I feel like God brought me here because he knew I needed help. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. needed help to know how to be businessy. Yeah. You yeah. gotta you gotta teach, but during that through that process you were learning. Oh, that's much, what I love about right? teaching is I get to learn the most. Yeah. And that's what really lights me up about it. And that's really why we're here today. This podcast, Gladness and Hunger, is about the vocational magic of your own. Like, I just want to know the story, um, the vocational magic of stories and soft skills is what I was going to say. But what we're trying to capture is, you know, God made you so uniquely. And in your situation with you and Tony being twins and you, I know we're competitive, probably from a really young age. Did you always draw? We did. Yeah. So I, you know, I can't remember what got, I mean, I can kind of, we, we were, you know, shy uh, little boys and we, uh, and we were kind of poor. We grew up in the, I always say I'm straight out of Compton. Oh. And it's kind of true, actually. I'm just yeah. on the other side. We were in North Long Beach is where we grew up, and we didn't have a dad. And so my single mom was raising, you know, the three of us kids. And so, yeah, we, we did not have very much money. And so we rented houses in a pretty poor, you know, mostly Hispanic um, area uh, of Long Beach. And, um, wow. and through that, my mom, you know, for entertainment, she would bring home from her office. She worked at a hospital, but she would bring home like printer paper. Yeah. This is for people that are young. It doesn't exist now, um, but it was literally like paper that came out of what what would be copper. With all machines. the holes, yeah, it had the holes on the yeah. side that were perforated. Yeah, and usually they were like light green and white lines. Yeah. I don't know why, but and then sometimes if we were lucky, it was pure white paper. But yeah. basically. It was that. It was that. She'd just bring home paper, uh, and we would just draw all day because she would be working, and we'd get out of school, and we we were latchkey kids basically. Yeah. And so we had to sort of take care of ourselves for many hours, and I'm talking, we were pretty young, yeah. so this was like you know 
whatever, eight, five to eight, you know, on. Um, and so we would break things like crazy because we were boys just yeah. in trouble around the house. So this third, there is another Bancroft yeah. brother. No, no, it's a third, but it's a sister. A sister. Got yeah. it. Got it. So Cammy is her name and, yeah. and she was three years older than us. So ah. most of the time she had to take care of us or didn't want to have anything to do with us. Right. You know, it was I get that. Like, when she got to be a teenager, it was sort of like she wanted to have her own life and stuff. But right. when we were younger, she really had to take care of us quite a bit. She was a little bit of a second mom. Yeah. Yeah, I have a younger brother, eight years younger. Yeah. Wow. Well, so you always drew. And at what point did that turn into like, oh, hey, I could do this for a living? You know, I think early on we called her, we started you know, it's one of those, I hate this that term, name it and claim it, but yeah. we started calling ourselves artists. And that was in a time when you, you didn't really do that. Like right. as a little kid, you know, yeah. you wouldn't say, oh, I'm an artist, right? Because that sounds like a vacation and, and yeah. how, how can you, you know, you're not making money. So how do you, you know, and even today, a lot of my students, they have a hard time calling themselves artists sometimes. Yeah. And, and we, but we leaned into it because we realized very early on that one, we were pretty good at it. We were competitive with each other. So yeah, we were sharpening each other like iron sharpens iron. We were doing that sometimes in a negative way. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we realized really early on that this was the only thing we could do. <laughs> it was a little bit desperate, even as a little kids, because we we're like, we weren't good at sports. We didn't really care about anything else, but all of a sudden we got passionate about drawing and competing with each other. It was our form of sport, I guess you could say. Yeah. And so, and we weren't readers and all that. We, we definitely were like devouring comic strips and the newspaper, but also comic books, you know, that were coming out and Marvel comics in the 70s. Wow. Yeah. So we're the original nerds, by the way, <laughs> uh, back, back when it wasn't cool uh, to buy comics. Um, and so, yeah, we were just devouring that. So we would read them. I'm not saying we were, yeah. but we weren't like. But no. you were also like copying them or creating yes. your own stories. For, you know, and that's how most artists start. They copy first, right. you know, oh, I love, I'm, it's inspiring to look at that drawing. So I'm going to try and replicate it, you yeah. know. And so copying is a part of every artist, you know, kind of uh, journey when they're very little, yeah. it's, it's the ones that I meet now at college level. We have student, you know, we have to, we accept portfolios. And so we need to see a portfolio if you're going to get accepted into our animation program. Right. And many times I'm still seeing people copying, you know, yeah. photos or whatever. And I'm, I'm saying, okay, that's fine for when you were young, but you should have stopped by now. You mm -hmm. should have started with a blank piece of paper and start discovering the hard stuff, which is yeah. making things up out of your head, but also, and, or, you know, based on the things around, around you. Right. So that was what was the, that was the hard part. And I remember that even yeah. in my career of like stopping, we got really good, you know, because when you're young, you get attention from the kids around you. I was going to say they had to have thought you were super cool because yeah, I mean, it, anybody that can draw, in an artistic, that's a great. Cool. Yeah. It's a yeah. different level of cool for sure. But it's there had to have been some school. It's not the get the girlfriend kind of cool by any means. Yeah. It's just, oh, we got a little, I got a little crowd around me and they want my drawing. I'm right. Done with it, right. But, um, but not the kind of cool that gets you anywhere in life. Oh. But anyway, I, you know, growing out of that, putting, putting away that, 
reference or that thing you're copying is like yeah. that's a big pivotal moment for any artist and it usually happens when they're you know around 10ish or so yeah and and because that's when you start going to a blank piece of paper and, and trying to create on your own and you take a big step back and, and all of a sudden now yeah. all the things that I've been hearing compliments about I look like you know I'm comparing myself to the things I've been trying to copy all yeah. this time but you're starting messy. But I'm starting, yeah. It feels like you're starting all over again. And yeah. It looks horrible. And so many artists, that's really when what kills off a lot of artists mm. is they start to try and be what we call professional artists, where you're starting with a blank piece of paper and just drawing. Yeah. And you, that's where the rubber hits the road, where you go, oh, this is really where my ability is. Right. And, uh, and if I want to be a professional, I have to get from this point all the way to back up to what I was copying. Right. You know? And at some point, you have to develop the eye. You have to really see things. I remember being a senior before I took graphic design in high school, and I loved it. I had the, the teacher's name was Miss Vincan, and she was incredible. And she said, why well, I couldn't have gotten you sooner? And I think I could have been good at it. Yeah. I don't think I ever advanced past the copying stage, though, mm-hmm. because I remember, though, that it's something that she taught me that even as a writer, I remember these words. I thought they were so profound. But she said, you have to learn to really see things. Mm-hmm. You have to look deeper than the average person does at things. Yeah. To have that in your head to be able to create from nothing, right? right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it And later on in life, that's what pays. Like, that's the other thing I tell these people that are trying to come into our school and they're still copying and stuff. I'm like, okay. You can't do that. That's not a job. You know, nobody's going to pay you right. to copy an image. And so what you need to know now is that you have a long road ahead of you still. And pro- probably, by the way, you're not going to get accepted. You're going to have to go back and put a few more years in drawing and then come yeah. back to us because you've still got a long road ahead. And we can't teach you. You know, we always say in our program, we can either teach you how to draw in four years or we can teach you how to animate four years mm. so if you want the animation you have to come in knowing how to draw so we need you to be able to have the basics down already yeah drawing, so we can make progress yeah good to know good to know we fall we get up we lose but we gain something in return we love in spite of the risk so much of life is conquering fear to reach the gifts that lie on the other side That's a quote from my latest book, Alone in a Cabin, a contemporary romantic suspense about a woman who finds herself on her own again shortly after turning 50. I share that quote here at the midpoint of our conversation today as an encouragement for wherever you are on your own journey toward gladness and hunger. Information about me, my books, this podcast, and the content I teach can be found on my website at leannewsmith.com. So does drawing bring you a deep level of joy? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's become a job at some point, but that, mm-hmm. that joy has remained. And, um, and yeah. it has to, I would think, what are, what are the deeper levels of your joy I'd like to try to get to? Because like for me, it were, at first I thought, okay, I like to string words together and I like to make people happy. But what I have discovered is that what I, what I really love to sell and teach is hope. Hope and inspiration. Yeah. Yes, you can. And I think some of that is tied to, in my own story, I floundered through my 20s. Mm-hmm. 
And I now God has me in a role where I get to teach 20-somethings, <laughs> you know, how to articulate their dreams and how to develop strategies to be successful in yeah. the things that bring their heart joy. Does that become frustrating sometimes for you? Because I, I would think that you're like, hey, I did all those. I'm, I've made those mistakes. I want to correct it with you, but they just yeah. want to go and make those mistakes too. And you're like, no, 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 this is how you, you know. Yeah. Is that Can that be frustrating? Yeah, like with my own offspring. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the ultimate, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have a, yeah, that can happen. And with certain students that you feel like have so much potential, yeah, but just don't, for whatever reason, they're not self-motivated or whatever it is. It's funny because at the beginning of this off, off recording, you and I were both talking about at the very beginning, oh, you just got it. You were checking your, oh, you just got an email. Somebody's canceling class because right, they don't right. feel that All the well. reasons they can't come yeah, to class. There's another reason. And <laughs> I said, yeah, I got one of those two today, yeah. you know. It's true. It's like that's the first kind of warning shot of, yeah. of a student that is not really connecting in the true. class. But then sure. I'll have a student that when I when I learn their story, I had another conversation this morning with a young man who I got greater glimpses into his story. He's from another country. He has a young family. And he's working so hard. Wow. And it reminded me, and I wasn't expecting this, but my own father worked three jobs and also went back to school before we had night school. So he would go to school in the day, and he would work midnights. Oh, man. And he also cleaned the church building, and he also worked at Casternaut. And when I came to college, I took his job at Casternaut. It was a retail store. That's oh. where Macy's is now. Okay. Um, but my dad worked so hard, and I've, <laughs> I've just been all in my dad's story because my dad, who passed away seven years ago, for one year in 1980... Uh-huh. When he was 38 years old, he kept a journal, and he wrote something every single day. And it took me seven years to read this journal. <laughs> really? I couldn't read it reader? at first. Oh. Okay. No, I just couldn't emotionally. I just yeah. didn't want to read it. I just wasn't ready. And yeah. and this year, for whatever reason, I told my mom, I said, okay, I'm ready for the journal. And I'm taking it a month at a time. And um, I've just been reminded of what a hard worker my dad was. And so when I get students like that in class... It's the best. Yeah. You know? Well, and those those students should be at least giving a little mini lecture in class, too. You, you kind of want them to. Like, yeah. Like, okay, here's what worth, work ethic looks yes. like. You know? Yes. There's somebody that is fighting to be here. Not, yeah. Not mom and dad said, you got to get out of the house. Right. And get an education and we're going to pay for it all. And, right. You know. You don't and they're not sure it. they really want to be here. And they're not sold on the value. And oh, Yeah. Not yeah. too intrinsically motivated. Right. Sil- yeah. Silver spoons. Because life hasn't been hard. But you know, I think a lot of people look at our students and think that we have a lot like that. And I think we I think we have more of the other kind than they realize. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I see it on our end too. Like all we don't have a scholarship in the animation program right now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But it's the number one question we get because these are not art, you know, artists in general. Yeah. I, they're coming from all over. And, yeah. and it's not historically been a profession that necessarily, there's not a guarantee of a big payout. Like if you are an yeah. accountant, right? you're going to make a good salary if you're an accountant right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and, yeah. And, and and to be honest, like a lot of our students in the animation side, they're coming from parents that are um, supporting them in this crazy adventure of yeah. them becoming basically an artist, an animator, yes, but an artist and still 
And so they're pretty creative group of people themselves, the parents, you know what I mean? Right, or right. they're people that just like, oh, I wish I could have done that. I'm going to I think the know, pendulum swings, support. don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And but I think what that means is we don't get a lot of high-end parents, I would say, I mm, mean, financially side, right? right? Because they're not the, the lawyers and the business people. It's very rare. Mm. You know, it's usually the people that are like, they kind of followed their own dream themselves. Right. And so... They're living a great life. They're they're always happy parents, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not always like, you know, maybe what some of the business kids have. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, and we very much fit that. I mean, I've always considered myself a creative. My son-in-law's a, a professional musician. My daughter's a photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other daughter's hairstylist by trade. We we didn't follow any of the normal. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't chasing the money. No. We were chasing the passion. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I love that. I think that's that's a great way to live. Um, so I don't have a twin or even a sister. Mm. And I wondered how gratifying it is to get to work with Tony. It is. It's very gratifying. So we this is our first time in 30 years, I think it is, or close to 30, that we've lived in the same state. Wow. Um, that, and we're about a half hour apart now, which is just far enough that we don't see each other that much, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, but we're now finally living in the same state, and we're working on a film together. This is another project I'm, I'm doing right now. I'm directing a, a feature film, and I hired Tony to be the head of story. Wow. And so we're finally working together, and that probably hasn't happened since Mulan. And so... And by the way, he was my boss back then. He oh, and the, roles have reversed. He was the director of Mulan. Yeah. <laughs> I was the supervising animator that he hired. Well, he didn't hire. I was already at Disney. Yeah. But um, anyway, so, it, yeah, it's it feels like a huge blessing. Um, and I wish that we could take more advantage. We do a podcast. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. And at half the time we're doing it on Zoom still sure. because – he can't get to me. I can't get to him, even though we're only a half hour apart because we got things booked up, you know, right after that. So yeah. just the drive time kills it. We have to do it on Zoom. Yeah. Um, so when you look back over your shoulder at your life, I just love that phrase because I wrote it. <laughs> it's in my my most recent book. But when you awesome. look back over your shoulder at your life, can you see how God was bringing you to where you are right now? Hmm. For sure. Although, and boy, it's funny because my wife and I, we've been married for like 33 years. And she's beautiful, by the way. I got to sit next to her the time I introduced you at the Student Scholar Symposium. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, She is. Thank you. Um, But uh, what was I going to say? I'm sorry. When you look back over your shoulder at your life, can you see how God (laughs) went? No, but we, so we were, we always laugh about that, about, gosh, can you, we still can't after, and we've been in Tennessee now, Franklin, Tennessee for 19 years. And we still laugh and we go, can we believe, can you believe it? We're still here that, or that we are here, not still here because we never saw it coming. We're like, we're always looking back and just going, we were here in Florida and we were working for Disney. Did you ever think you'd have your own studio, your own company? We'd be in Tennessee. Like everything is so radically different. So yeah, looking back, I can see many times where God's hand was in my life. Mm. leading me and I because and I've stopped by the way I've stopped kind of planning five years from now people like Mm. to say that where do you see yourself in five years 10 years I teach that right yeah (laughs) the answer to that question and but I I love the question and that I am somebody that's always looking forward I'm kind of a 
a futurist, I guess you could say. Yeah. Which I hate that term, but I'm using <laughs> it. Um, and that I like to look at where things are headed and, you know, and from the business standpoint, but also just entertainment, especially. That's right, kind of my hot spot. And so, but, you know, in my own life, I've kind of given up on really knowing or thinking I know mm. where I'm going to be because I just see his hand in my life so much turning turning me in different directions that I never saw coming. Yeah. And you could say that, yeah, life is sort of a straight, you know, a straight line. You could say that. I, I don't believe it at all. But mm. meaning I where I'm going to end up probably is going to be the same spot that I was meant to go toward, yeah. I guess. But the way God takes us is, is a curved line to get there. Yeah. Um, and, and we don't think that way. We think, oh, I'm going to make this plan, this plan, this plan, and it's all in a straight line. Right. And you may skip a few of those, but get usually get something better off right. on the curves, off the off on those tangents that to us are tangents, but they're yeah. But we God, see it later. They're our life plan. Yeah, yeah. That's certainly been the case for me. Um, not what I thought at all, but grateful. Yeah, grateful for his leading. That's what I tell my students all the time. I'm like, you know, you guys are so desperately like want to get that first job, and it's really just. You know, I always ask them, like, what do you want to do in the industry? Storyboards or character design or, you know, actual animation or background painting or concept development. You know, there's so many, you know, departments, I guess, within that. Right. And they're like, well, I like this, but basically I'll just take anything. You know, they're all very very much just want to get that. Not a good answer. It isn't. No, I agree (laughs) totally. You know, and, uh, you know, but I I always look at them and just say, like, look, you know, it isn't. You should, as long as you're happy, that's right. the point. Even now, <laughs> without having that job that you think is the most important thing in the world, right? look at your life right now. You yeah. get a draw, and you're being basically given money, usually for most of your parents, right, yeah. or a scholarship, to just be here for four years and learn the thing that you love. Like, yeah. that's a, this might be a highlight right now, and you're just going right through it. Thinking, yeah. oh, I, I have to get I have to get this other thing, and I right. said, you know, I'd like to tell them, you know, sometimes the best thing in the world is not a job. It becomes a job within like two days. Yeah, <laughs> you get the email that you got it. Even the that, thing you exciting. love has parts that are yeah. tedious. Yeah, and really, it's so amazing how quickly it just becomes a job. Gosh, so. you're such a busy man. I feel so fortunate that you were able to come and talk with us today. Well, you know who asked me. Leanne, who I'm a big <laughs> fan of, and so I'm happy to be here, you know. I just grew five inches taller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't have that much time for these kind of things, but honestly, I, you know, when you wanted to do it, I was like, that sounds like fun. So. Thank you. Yeah, we haven't had coffee in a long time. No, we haven't. Overdue. I'm so sorry that our time has come to an end. Thank you for, thank you for coming to my podcast and sharing with listeners today. Thank you for listening. May today's conversation fan the flames of your own dreams and offer you practical insights as you seek to satisfy the world's deep hunger with the gifts God has placed securely in your own hand. Until next time.